today on Laura Lynn and Friends. The gold suppression scheme underpins all the other manipulations of all the other markets, the bond market, the currency markets, and all of them. Uh, there were, you know, the minute they lose control of the gold price, the bond market, the interest rate markets quickly be out of control, and it, it is going to be a bloodbath. Hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tatter-Thompson and I hope you are having an absolutely fabulous Thanksgiving. I've heard from a couple of my friends that they are um, uh, they, they are overdone on the turkey and so you know that tired feeling that comes over you. Ironically, two people have kind of told me that today. Uh, but it's good, to, um, it's good to be with you. I'm, I'm encouraged that we are understanding the season and the times that we are in. I'm hearing from more and more people that they are not going to be fooled by too much, that they are setting their course to be very wise at this hour. Now, you know I love to read from my dad's Bible. My dad passed away uh, just a few, uh, well, I guess it was almost a year ago, actually. Ah, wow. Seems like he was just here, you know? So when he passed away, we found, uh, so I can't hear myself in here anymore, but anyways. Uh, when when uh, he passed away, we uh, found his beautiful Bible. Well, it wasn't hard. It was always right beside his chair. And uh, there we go. And so uh, I always open it up and see what are the verses he underlined, because he's underlined pretty much every page. Well, today, my eye fell to Proverbs 15, verse 22, without counsel, Purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man with joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? And I was, uh, I know my dad was always somebody who liked good counsel. He liked to be a man of wisdom. And uh, many, many times I would sit late into the evening discussing things with my father when I was a young person before I left home. Um, even as a late teenager, uh, early 20s, dad would, would always take time to sit and uh, discuss stuff if it was going on. And, uh, it, you know, sometimes it would start with just a uh, comment, how are you doing? And he would always know if something was bothering me and if he'd push just a little then I'd kind of tell him a little bit about maybe something I was going through and then he would you know he'd kind of ask a few more questions and before you know it we had spoken for like two hours and we searched out matters and I appreciated that about my father and that's what we do right now really we're searching out the matters that are going on in our world and uh, I want to talk about two really, really wonderful things today. And it's kind of about having fun. So I'm not going to be talking about anything too heavy. Uh, but we're going to talk about gold and silver. And I think that is a very important topic right now in knowing, sort of following what's happening in our world with all of the attempts by our government to make us into a digital world. What does that mean for us? And so... My husband and I made the decision to sell our property in Canada and to not have our assets at risk in Canada at this time because of the work that we do. After the trucker's convoy and whatnot, we sort of made decisions about being uh, prudent 
when you see trouble on the horizon. Proverbs talks about that, being prudent when you see trouble. A lot of people, including the guests that I will have today, uh, have seen the way things are going and they advocate for preparation. And so we are going to talk about uh, silver and gold. And so my guest, Steve Merrill, today is going to come on. And I just love this guy. I met him in Kelowna. And uh, he is just such an expert on what is going on with money in Canada. And I know many of you have had questions because I've been getting your emails. So, Steve, thank you very much for um, taking time on a Thanksgiving Monday to be with us. I sure do appreciate it. Well, it's an awesome day to be here and, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, yeah. the perfect day because we're not sort of open to the public today here in downtown Kelowna. So it's, uh, Excellent. it's ideal. Well, yeah. I, just, I just thank you because I am getting a lot of uh, emails and a lot of people saying that they want to know more and what are the concerns about digital ID? What are the concerns about what our government is doing? What is going on in the world? We're all watching inflation rise. Uh, people are saying that we're, you know, printing money makes them very concerned about where they should invest. And so we had a great conversation recently and I thought I need to take this to the viewers so that they also can hear some of the thoughts that you have. And I know you're into um, the the gold and silver that you advocate for, right? It's it's sort of it's the it's the stuff you can feel, right? Physical metal. Physical. It's the only. It's really the only form of silver and gold is physical metal. Uh, there are many many derivatives of silver and gold. Uh, gold mining stocks gold and silver ETFs, exchange traded funds. There's a number of ways to expose your portfolio to silver and gold. But until you own physical silver and gold unencumbered uh, in your own possession, do you really own anything? So there's, uh, we recommend that everybody own some real money because silver and gold have never ever failed to be money. They've never gone to zero. It's impossible for silver and gold to go to zero. Well, you know, Steve, it's They've amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing because the Bible talks about silver and gold. It talks about silver and gold having value right up until the last days, actually. And so that's why I kind of think it's important. Um, I heard a lady this morning on another broadcast um, she was talking about money and she said that some people had invested in gold and silver paper. So you kind of, you own it on the paper. Um, yeah. And, and she had decided to get rid of all of that. Her and her husband had said they just sold all of that off to actually have the physical silver and gold. Yeah. And I'm hearing that all the time. I, I mean, our generation, especially Laura Lynn have, have been bamboozled really, uh, into, uh, into holding derivatives of silver and gold, into holding derivatives of everything, uh, uh, oil oil fields, pipelines, uh, utility companies, all kinds of derivatives. We don't even hold the stocks anymore. Like you mentioned your dad earlier, it's likely that if he bought a stock, the broker actually delivered 
the stock, it came into the mail. And some of us as kids, we remember those envelopes, they had Disney or something on, in the upper left-hand corner. You actually got a share. Today, that's virtually unheard of. The broker holds your shares. Most of us, our entire generation, don't even hold our own stocks or bonds. We leave, we leave them in the hands of uh, a broker or financial financial planner. All we use as money is this little ticket. We get a little ticket with some digits on it and and we think we're rich. Here's my money. Here's it's it's really bizarre when you think about it because for all human history, all of all of human history, really the, the world's reserve asset, reserve currency is has always been gold or silver. Silver's actually been used more often as money, as a utility, as an exchange, as a form of exchange, than has gold. Gold has been the uh, reserve assets of kings and queens and central banks for the most part. But it's it's been silver. I don't know if you can see that, but in Canada, we had silver dollars until 1967. And this is one. And we've got a upside down queen on here that uh, the camera spins around for me. But <laughs> we had silver in our currency until the late 60s. Our quarters, our dimes, our half dollars and dollars were silver. It was the same throughout the Western world. Germany, France, Belgium, England, all had silver coinage, uh, really from the 14th century right up till the time we were kids. Uh, maybe we weren't quite kids yet, but uh, until 67. Since then, we've, we've been using debt as money. And that, that supply of money expanded as most people know that watch your show, to infinity. And anytime we've experimented with this form of money or other countries have experimented with what is called fiat money or debt-based money, uh, it's been a disaster. It's been a disaster uh, every time. So for me, it's a real simple trade. You know, you're, you're trading one form of money. It's really debt uh, for that's never worked long-term, paper money or fiat money, for another form of money, a real money, hard money, physical money, that's never failed. It's never failed to be money. So the trade is really simple. You get out of paper or bank money, what I call sometimes bank money or debt-based currency, and into money that you can physically hold in your hand, that's a gold, maple and again that's that's very common in canada gold maple is hard for me to there we go the backside has the lizzie on it again and it's uh it's one ounce of gold we've got all kinds of silver and gold products here's a very typical product in canada a silver one ounce maple similar to a gold maple uh, from a design point. So you can kind of see the comparison and that ounce of silver and an ounce of gold. And then this money has never, never failed. Uh, there's, there's lots of variety of silver and gold products. They come from the Australian mint. They come from the Austrian mint. They come out of South Africa, which was historically the largest gold producing nation on earth for 75 years up till recently. And um, our own Canadian mint and the U S mint are 
probably the most popular uh, producers of refined uh, bullion, 999% pure silver or gold. Or in Canada, we've got a lot of products that are produced to 49 purity, 99.99% pure. It's a bit of a marketing gimmick. Our Canadian mint is, is renowned for pure bullion. And uh, holding them in your hands is is a really satisfying feeling. Uh, you better at night. Everybody tells me they sleep better at night. There's a there's a, a satisfaction. The gold and silver, like you say here, is in, in 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 the in the Bible. They're uh, they're a, a resonant metal. They they feel good in your hand. They feel good on your skin. Silver's been medicine actually throughout the years and a lot of people know that colloidal silver is centuries to clear up uh, so much diseases but viruses and so on it's a wonderful product silver is actually used in over so 12 13,000 industrial applications the computers we're talking through and the phones we use and the keyboards we use none of it works without silver so a lot of us today, and we we strongly recommend owning more silver than gold today. And it's one of the questions I get most often: is how much of this, how much of that? Right. I was going to ask you, like, what's so better? Because gold's a lot more money, right? It uh, yeah. gold's more money, you know, for the ounce, but silver, like, silver's in everything, so it's needed. Yes, uh, there's a stat recently. Um, 18, 19% of mined silver today is being utilized just Chinese solar panel producers. The silver story is amazing. Uh, the, the global mine supply of silver is not a billion ounces. It hasn't been over a billion ounces for many years. And at these prices, which are historically low, we're actually at 600 year lows for silver prices, give or take a few dollars. It's an amazing opportunity to own, wow. to, to own what has never been able to be money and is in huge demand and is at, is at its lowest supply ever uh, in the last 600 years. In fact, a lot of people who ask me, you know, where do I start? I suggest an article on Seeking Alpha that was produced many years ago called the 600-year silver bear market. It's a market, you, you can Google it. Okay. And the other, like Canadians especially, seek out, is actually a sort of a study paper. It was written by the Center for Policy Alternatives, and it's called Canada's Hidden Bank Bailout. Most Canadians are unfamiliar with how volatile our own banking system is. They've been duped with propaganda and, and all kinds of media to believe and ads that our banking system is, is among the best in the world, when in fact it's, it's just about the most leveraged in the world. And in 2010, 2011, the Bank of Canada came to the rest after the financial crises, if you will, and the, and the real estate collapse, the, the bubble that burst. And Created from nothing, which was common for the Bank of Canada, because the Bank of Canada is not used, as a lot of your listeners know, uh, anymore. It was about 220 billion. So the, the the first page is really all you need to read of this study. And the study 
goes on, it says $114 billion was delivered, created from by the Bank of Canada and delivered to BMO, Scotiabank, and CP. And then the next line says, at the time, the amount of the bailout exceeded the market cap of these three banks. So our banking system Canada say 10 years ago, 11 years ago, and they've just been kicking the can since then. We have zombie banks in Canada who have been propped up by Canadian taxpayers who eventually are on the hook for this. The study does go on to cite a number for every man, woman, child in Canada, roughly $35 million. It was $3,500. So these big, strong banks that, that uh, most Canadians have been led to believe uh, cannot fail, in fact failed 11, 12 years ago. And without us, uh, we'd be talking about BMO, CIBC, and Scotiabank in the past tense right now. And you would have lost. Had you been a depositor in any one of those banks, you, you likely would have lost all your money, all your oh, money. Right. And so do you think that that is what everyone's thinking is going to keep happening? Because I just read an article about that as well. Two things. Uh, that they won't be able to keep propping up the the bank system. It's just uh, not feasible to keep doing that. The other thing was I um, uh, a woman that was talking about uh, finances said that silver and gold is artificially at a low point because they're trying to push the digital currency. And um, because of that, that's keeping it artificially uh, deflated and that can only mean that it will at some point really go up well yeah the the suppression of the silver and gold price is becoming more and more off everybody uh, the, the the metal prices there's really two markets there's a paper market in gold it's primarily uh, concentrated in London uh, there's a group called the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. I highly recommend if people want to go down this rabbit hole. It's one of the most, most fascinating conspiracies, if you will, uh, that, that you'll that you'll ever read or, or, or get to know. Uh, there's there's a group of bankers that GATA calls the Gold Cartel. They're mainly six ringleaders, consist of some of the biggest in the banking world, who are specializing gold and have been really since the 70s, early 80s, uh, after Nixon in 71 took the U.S. dollar off of gold, severed all ties to gold, and gold ran up uh, between 1971 and 1980, 2,500% from its fixed price under what's called the Bretton Woods Agreement of $35. It, it ran up after that fixing scheme ended to $850 in 1980, and, and really the bankers had lost control price then desperate to, to salvage the system and and because we had interest rates like they are uh, approaching now we it's a lot of, remember late 70s pushing 20 21 percent and we had inflation that was running uh, very high uh, 18 20 percent and they admitted it back then they actually calculated inflation using real metrics back in the 70s so you had an 850 dollar gold price and you had a 52 dollar and 50 cents Silver price, 1980. All, all HE double hockey sticks was was breaking loose, and 
a scheme was devised back then to corral the price of gold, to bring the price of gold down. And it was absolutely necessary to keep gold down, and it still is today, in order to keep the dollar looking good, and especially the U.S. dollar looking good. A lot of people believe that you know the U.S. dollar quasi-gold or is as good as gold. That hasn't been the case for a long time. Um, some people ask me, well, how, how come the dollar is so strong? And I, I tend to think it's because it was recent to be anchored to gold until 1971. Uh, if you were an international institution or a foreign bank or a foreign government, you could show up theoretically in D.C. with 35 U.S. dollars in exchange to gold. So, yeah, it, 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 people really want to know how and who can uh, the gold price manipulated and really has been all our lives, all of our adult lives. The Gold Antitrust Action Committee is a great start. They've been around since 98. The website is gata.org. And these, these people are heroes for exposing the manipulation of the gold price. They've been doing it for years. They do not hide it anymore. Uh, they tried through the 80s and 90s because after the eight, 1980 high of 850, gold actually fell through the 80s and 90s. Inflation didn't fall through the 80s and 90s. The money started expanded exponentially through the 80s and 90s, but gold fell to a, a low of about 260 and 90s. As everything else was going up, housing and tires and dental work and artwork and everything else, the gold price fell by 70 75%, and it hit its lows in, in 260. You'll read on the GATA website that really the whole conspiracy hinges around the word lease. Central banks loan these bullion bankers in London real gold when a counterparty to a gold contract in the futures market puts their hand up and calls for real gold. The, the deal between, let's call it JP Morgan is a, is a bullion banker who sells gold futures contracts and the Bank of England who mobilizes real gold is written up as a lease agreement, which allows JP Morgan at some future date to return the gold that left the vaults of the, the Bank of England and allows the Bank of England to uh, not report the gold as missing. So GATA believes that 35,000 tons of Western Central Bank gold has been mobilized over the last three, three and a half decades in order to bail out the fractional gold sellers in London who uh, are on the hook for this gold. They've got, you know, theoretically they have to return it at some future date. But it's it's a it's a conspiracy between the Western Central Banks and the bullion bankers to suppress the gold price. Why? Because gold has always been the barometer of financial stress. It's always been the metal we look to uh, gauge inflationary pressure. Uh, if gold is higher, the general public thinks, oh, things aren't so well. If gold is lower on Saturday morning, you open the Financial Times, oh, everything's okay. Uh, today's a great example. You know, there's all heck loose in, in Ukraine, if you will. And most people would instinctively go, oh, the gold price should be up $50, $100 with this mess, this threat of nuclear Armageddon, like, you know. 
Bozo Joe said, uh, no, the gold price has been pressured down $27 US today. And anybody looking to the gold price as a, as a means to gauge you know, war or financial stress is going, oh, I guess things aren't so bad. Gold is, gold is down. But they've been forever sending these contrary indicators uh, through the futures market. Again, there's, there's no real gold reading for the most part in London. Uh, there's some that suggest that these London bankers are, are, are selling 250 ounces of gold on paper that they don't have for every one ounce of physical gold in London. 250, that's like you and I running a store and we've got uh, a whole bunch of customers who want to who want to buy milk. We've got one quart of milk in the cabinet behind us or in the cooler behind us. 250 customers come up to us, leave us $5. We show them the milk. It's behind us, it's in the cooler, trust us. They leave us their $5 and they walk out of the store with milk. And as long as people do that, the, the bankers get away with this. When the odd person does want milk or does want gold in this case, we got to go find some. And in the case of the London bankers, they borrow some or some from a Western central banker. So the gold is actually missalts at the Bank of England, Bank of France and others. Canada's gold has long since been mobilized and is completely gone. There's more gold in my finger right now, my neck than, than the than the government of Canada has. It's long been rumored that all the Fort Knox gold over 8,000 tons reportedly back in the 50s has all been mobilized. Why? To keep the price down, to keep the dollar looking strong and to ensure that all the other markets are manipulated equally. There is no uh, suppression of interest rates. There's no historically low interest rates like there's been for two decades without artificially low gold. The gold suppression scheme underpins all the other manipulations of all the other markets, the bond market, the currency markets, and all of them. Uh, there were, you know, the minute they lose control of the gold price, uh, the bond market, the interest rate markets, like we're seeing, are, are uh, quickly be out of control. And, it, and it's going to be a bloodbath. It's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be messy and it's... it's so it's, what does that mean to, to somebody uh, when that should happen? Everyone I know is saying you should invest in gold and silver right now. So uh, when you say it's going to be a bloodbath, what, what does that mean exactly? Give me a scenario. What, what does that look like the day that happens? Well, it means there'll be a default in the London market. It'll, it'll, there'll be a call goes out they'll for real be in gold. Trouble. And that's right. They'll... And, and these bankers, call them J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Scotiabank, Cotter, are among the re ringleaders of this cart. Uh, Barclays is on that list. Barclays, Rothschilds kind of dropped out of the, the fixing scheme. They don't hide it. it, it if, if, you, if you do a little research, you'll, you'll see they call it the London AM and PM fix. For years, since the early 1900s, they've been fixing the gold price, a group of bankers get around and, and call each other, six of them or seven of them, and, and agree what the gold price is going to be. It's not a free market. It never really has been. I mean, but the way they do it today is through fractional gold futures contracts and, and borrowing gold from central banks who still do have some, not much, because the Bank of England, we believe, is, is, is naked of any physical gold. What it looks like is, is a is a futures price that probably goes 
bananas, a hundred, a hundred and twenty-five, hundred and fifty dollars a day, there will be no sellers of physical gold. All of us who've been holding gold are holding it for much higher prices. There will be uh, a, a what's called a force majeure. Uh, uh, the the bankers likely won't go to jail for this. They will paper this over with a bunch of dollars, which they can create from nothing, basically. And they'll have their hands slapped and pay a bunch of big fines. But it's it's likely the, the futures environment, the gold futures, the LBMA complex in, in London will, will cease to exist and, and will go elsewhere to look for the market price of gold. We might go to Kijiji or Facebook or Craigslist to find out what an ounce of gold is selling for because that's the only place anybody's selling a real physical ounce of gold. We had, wow. a, a, we had a default recently um, in the nickel trade and you can, you can search this. Anybody can, the, the price of nickel moved 260% on the day because a bunch of commercial traders who were selling nickel, they didn't have got on the wrong side of this trade and got called. It's kind of like the old movie with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd trading places. You know, when the, the two old guys that had the seat on the stock exchange, they got murdered. They were, at the end of the day, they were done. And the old guys in the in the, in the, the floor of the stock exchange having a heart attack because they lost billions that morning because they, they got on the wrong side of the trade using leverage, using a lot of leverage. So recently, it's three or four months ago, the nickel price moved 260% on the day. What happened? They froze the market. So there was no nickel bought or sold for, I think, it was almost four days. And there was some fines, and, uh, you know, the authorities, if you will, the commodities bosses in London, I'm not sure what they're called, but over here at the COMEX and the CFTC uh, got together and, and, and help out their buddies who get in a jam. And, and uh, that type of scenario was likely to happen to these London gold bankers, but times 100 because... The London gold market is a $3 trillion annual Ponzi scheme. It's the biggest Ponzi scheme the world's ever known. It makes Madoff and other Ponzi schemes look like a kid. It really does. And when they when they get called out for the real gold, it's like I say, it's going to be messy. And the gold price could go to any number, pick a number. And it, and it doesn't have to be the case that the dollar and the currencies melt down and, and go to the floor and hyperinflation decimates all the currencies, although that is happening, people are feeling that, and that will eventually happen. All paper money reverts to its intrinsic value, which is zero. And uh, uh, the the gold price might not even be measured in dollars. We, you know, it wasn't that long ago, you bought a finely tailored men's suit with an ounce of gold. An ounce of gold has always been a way to measure work, to measure sweat. And, uh, we might we might revert to something like that. You know, there's talk of a gold-backed digital currency. I'm not an expert in that area. I do love the crypto space. I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. I believe it's a wonderful form of money, but I wouldn't suggest owning Bitcoin before owning gold. And I sure as heck wouldn't own uh, gold before I own silver, because as good as the gold story is, silver is much better. Uh, historically, you've only ever been able to buy 15 ounces of silver with an ounce of gold. Today, you can buy upwards of 70 ounces of silver 
with an ounce of gold. This is a kilo bar of silver, which you can own for roughly 1100 Canadian dollars today. And this is one little tiny quarter ounce gold piece from the coin from the Perth Mint. Maybe do that, but you can see it's it's about the size of a dime. This is a $750 bill, $700 bill, a small quarter ounce gold piece. Silver is much, much better value today. There's never been a moment in human history where you've been able to buy this much silver for the same amount as, as gold. Historically in the ground, it's been a 15 to one ratio from the 14th century right up to the late 60s and right, in fact, right up to 1980 when gold went to 850 and silver went to 5250 US. You divide this by 15, uh, you get a 15 to one ratio. Today in the ground in Mexico, which is one of the largest mining jurisdictions, there's a fellow by the name of Keith Newmeyer who says in the ground today in Mexico, we're finding seven ounces of silver, one ounce of gold. So the uh, the disparity has never been never been greater. Silver today is trading at half the price in US dollars, less than half as it was in 1980. And I challenge anyone to name anything, let alone a valuable commodity that used to be money and has been used as money throughout the ages to uh, challenge them to, to, to name another commodity, another, another any, anything really, that's half the price today as it was in 1980, it doesn't exist. Housing is up a hundredfold since 1980, especially where you are and where I am, virtually everywhere in the Western world. A, a tire or, or a tank of fuel, a, a haircut, a root canal is up 50 to a hundredfold, but somehow the price is silver. The metal that's been used as currency and it is in very short supply and extremely high demand is somehow trading for half the price today as it was in 1980. It makes no sense until you understand that a group of bankers, mainly in New York in this case, are operating a similar Ponzi scheme to the London bankers who run the gold market in London and are fractionalizing by some estimates as, 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 as many as 400 ounces of silver on paper in the form of COMEX futures contracts for every one ounce of physical silver. A fellow by the name of David Morgan did an estimate recently, four or five years ago, suggested the entire world's above ground supply of real silver bullion, that is the pure metal, is a billion and a half ounces. Well, times that by 21 or $22 US spot, which is the futures market price. And you've got a market cap for all of the silver above ground on earth today that is that is less than the uh, market cap of, of Metrotown where, where you are today, far less. It's probably less than the building you're in in Metrotown. There's nothing cheaper. And that's why I suggest 600 year silver bear market for anyone who, who wants to see a chart of how historically low silver is as measured in real purchasing power. It's, a, it's an amazing chart at that article on, on Seeking Alpha. And, and um, then, the, you know, the, the... So, so is this, is this part of the artificial, uh, artificially keeping it down? Is this why, is that all mixed in with why? I, I mean, so you're saying it's a very good investment right now because it's so low. <laughs> if anything changes, that could be what goes sky high? Oh, I mean, Eric Sprott is one of the smartest guys in the room. 
about seven or eight years ago, put a team on this, this uh, objective to determine a fair market price of silver. They came up with a three to one ratio of silver to gold. So if, and that's based on real supply demand, real de, you know, demand amongst commercial industry for, for silver, above ground stockpiles, which are virtually non-existent after World War II, you had 6 billion ounces in US strategic reserves. Uh, during the Hunt brothers in 1980, when they tried to corner the silver market, there were 2.6 billion ounces in reserves. Uh, not, those reserves are gone. COMEX, the COMEX reserves, which were 2.6 billion in 1980, are less than 150,000 ounces today. Uh, the 6 billion ounces after World War II and U.S. strategic reserves, we believe fell to zero in 2003 when George Bush signed an executive order allowing the U to the open market to source silver so they could keep supplying Americans with what are called U.S. Eagles, which is a one ounce coin, which by law is supposed to be available to Americans in unlimited quantity. Well, for years, they've been drawing the U.S. Mint had from the U.S. strategic reserves to produce and supply those real one dollar, one ounce silver coins. 2003, George Bush had to sign an order allowing the mint to go out the open market, find the silver to keep up with demand, uh, effectively announcing that six billion ounces of strategic reserves had been depleted, had gone. All the old silver money, all the old coins from France and Germany and Canada and the U.S. The U.S. had 90% pure silver coins until 1964. Canada had 80% silver coins until 1967. A lot of them have been melted down. I believe it's between 90 and 95% of all this stuff's been melted down and it's in your phone. And because the price is so historically cheap and manipulated, uh, you know, suppressed, if you will, there's no incentive to go mine the five cents worth of silver that's in this keyboard. But yet, it doesn't run without five cents worth of silver. So your phone doesn't run without. So there's that these prices won't happen. Anyways, back to Sprott's paper. They discovered or, or they determined that a three to one ratio, fair ratio for silver to gold today. Well, gold today in Canadian dollars is running about 2300, between 2300 and 2400 spot. You divide by three, you've got an $800 silver price but let's remember that in london they're selling some estimates 250 ounces of gold that doesn't exist or they have one ounce of gold for every 250 ounces that they're selling on paper if you had a melt up in the gold price in this three trillion dollar annual ponzi scheme called the lbma uh, you could have a 250 times higher gold price from where it is today which is 2300 dollars canadian now divide that number by three. That's what some people are talking about. And uh, I'm not the only one. I, I believe that uh, silver today at the bare minimum should be $500, which would be a tenfold move from where it was in 1980, 52.50. But Same silver is sold. right now, it's, uh, it's at what approximately? A silver ounce. Well, it's interesting, a, a 10 ounce bar, which is very popular. This is a Canadian 10 ounce silver bar from the Royal Canadian Mint. 
Yeah, closer yeah, to your face, right. towards your face. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I get confused when it's backwards too, right? <laughs> These are beautiful ten ounce bars. They're meant I to love produce it. some amazing material. It's four nine pure. It's got a serial number on it. These are selling for about three forty to three fifty per bar, so thirty four thirty five dollars an ounce, uh, about eight or nine dollars more than the price you see on TV in Canadian dollars after you adjust for the US price to Canadian dollars. A lot of first timers make the mistake of uh, looking at the US spot price on TV or on BNN or Bloomberg, forgetting that we're dealing in Canadian. The Canadian dollars have been getting hammered the last two weeks, oh, especially. It's like 64 cents a, uh, on, on the US dollar some days. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite that cheap yet, but it's, you know, well, if you go to the it's bank, much, it's going much lower. There's if, no fundamental if, reason. For yeah, it. like we went to the bank to uh, buy U.S. and because um, we keep changing everything over, right? And uh, so, like today, it's one thirty-eight. So, is what? Yeah, so it's six sixty-two. Um, right. So yeah, one third. 1.38 so you go to the bank and you're like but no like if i had an american dollar and i wanted to buy a canadian i'd get 75 cents but right. if if they if you want to sell it it cost us 64 cents so 70 so is that 73 yeah if um but if we go and buy it i'm not good at math <laughs> <laughs> it's like What's interesting? Sixty-two cents. It, yeah, right. We've got we've got coins like this. This one yeah. from the U.S. Mint, the the U.S. Eagle, uh, selling for almost fifty dollars Canadian. There's a full hundred percent premium on a U.S. Eagle right now. Oh. Uh, you look around at any of the big websites, uh, Kitco or Border Gold or Silver Gold Bull. And you've got a full 100% premium over the fake price, the, the futures market price, and the physical price. We don't even hardly recommend Eagles to anybody unless they've really got a, a soft spot or want one or two for whatever reason. You buy them in tubes like this at 20, but, uh, you know, 20 coins yeah. like this in a, in a tube, uh, that's almost $1,000. We can get coins like this one. This is beautiful. You'd like this one these generic, more generic rounds that come from the, I, I apologize. Folks, I know <laughs> you know is, what it is? Everyone needs to know, yeah, that when you're at home, like the camera's back, it's like you're in a, a backwards yeah. mirror. I know it's very confusing. Anyway, oh, a, that is very gorgeous. Pretty, very yeah. pretty coin. It's like Pegasus. I think there's wings on this horse or something. And, uh, you can buy that for $35. So that's what we recommend. We, we really do recommend weight. Is that, is that Eagle silver size. as good as the, why is an Eagle more like a, is it's what's well, on it, the stamped on to the silver coin? Well, you're in, in general terms, your coins are more expensive to make, you know, 32 coins with a pretty little Eagle on them or, a, or, a image of the queen uh, and there's some security features built into some of these coins is much 
intensive. Uh, there's higher production costs and marketing okay, costs from the from the government mints. We recommend a lot of rounds or coins that come from mints like Scottsdale or Sunshine, which are private mints. They run much more efficiently and uh, their production costs are a little bit less and they do lots of volume. And so in Canadian dollars, you, you, you can buy silver anywhere as low as 33, 33 and a half right now for kilo bars and then upwards of $37 for, for maple coins that come from our Canadian mint. And we recommend a little of those. Like I just, this morning we booked an order for a gal. She's, she was a nurse here in BC was, and uh, it's about $55,000. She bought over 1500 ounces of silver for that. We booked 500 silver rounds. We booked 200 silver maples and 85 of these 10 ounce bars. And so if she really needed some small weights, you know, a lot of people think they need smaller one ounce weights perhaps to make change or, or, or pay someone in the future in the case of a total meltdown of the banking system. And that could be the case. Uh, and I, I tend to agree, we mix a lot of one ounce weights into an order like like this one but the bulk of it was in the 10 ounce bars or the kilo size bars which which can be had from 33 and a half to about 35 dollars today what i like box. about those this. those bars though you can really store those like you can you know get a clump yes. of them they're it's tiny you can hide that in a safe or you can hide it you know where nobody knows where it is and uh you know dig it up on a rainy day when you need it but you're right if there was a total meltdown people have asked me this question how do you answer this steve that okay let's say money i don't know the armageddon like it blows up you know what i mean everyone's blowing everyone up in the world your money's now worth nothing and uh trudeau's sins have finally found us out they've been printing it it's useless so now you got a little silver mm -hmm. coin what do you do you go to the store how much is that worth you're gonna say you know this is now worth you know maybe now this is worth 120 bucks because the dollar's worth nothing and so if you want this, I'm, I'd like 120 bucks worth of groceries. I'm going to give you a coin. I mean, how does, how is it going to work? I don't know. I, I yeah. really don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, his, we, if, if, and when, I believe it's when the futures market pricing scheme, which is heavily suppressed, uh, blows up or melts down price of silver and gold will go much higher and you're going to see shortages i believe we're already seeing huge delays in some products is, is we got kilo bars that are delayed right into november now delivery uh, credit Suisse bars and some others but it it's it's hard to know it, it it'll it'll really be interesting it'll be a mechanism between the two parties uh what's it worth to you What's it worth to you? I mean, historically, a gold coin has, has been equivalent to a finely tailored men's suit. Uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, when gold was fixed at $35 an ounce, you could buy a house with 50 ounces of gold equivalent. Wow. You know, uh, we may revert to, to something like that. 50 ounces of gold today is, is only a, 
$120,000. So something's mispriced. Right. I believe it's gold, obviously. Right. And but, but before you go, I want to... Oh, I'm so sorry. I cut you off there. That's fine. I, I mean, I, I'm in that camp. I don't believe, you know, I'm, I don't believe gold and silver that do all end all. I, I believe beans and, and bullets and cans of beer could be as good of forms of currency or money as coins. But people I mean, will try to find that what is, you know, they will try to find that, mm -hmm. uh, that monetary, uh, the, you know, the, the foundation. And uh, if you mm -hmm. have silver coins or whatever, I mean, it, it really is um, a shocking thing to think of where we are and how much uh, people are beginning to say, make sure you get your silver. And then if you hear that there's a little bit of a wait, you know, to get your bars or whatever. Uh, so, so you are recommending this. Like you think that it is a very, it's a solid investment. I can't see it going wrong because I put my hope in the word of God and right till the end of time, gold and silver is there. So mm -hmm. it's just that food can become awfully expensive uh, because if, if there's a food shortage, that's a problem. So oh, sure. it's, I mean, it's going to demand. The food is in our face. I mean, yeah. these, these bureaucrats and politicians who. Yeah, I've been having a little bit of trouble with Whoops. your internet there. Are you good now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's good. I was just going to comment. The bureaucrats and politicians who, or the bankers and these who say from time to time, that they're going to rein in inflation or corral inflation or bring inflation down back to where they're historically comfortable with it at 2%. Uh, I've got rocks in their head. That has never been the case throughout human history. I don't believe that inflation has ever gotten better after it's gotten worse. I mean, even in 1980, when inflation is running 20% and they they did corral the gold price, managed to suppress the gold price, so it didn't uh, reflect the inflation like it historically has. All they did was change the metrics by which, and most of your listeners know this, change the metrics by which they measure inflation. They're doing it today. They kick certain things out of the basket like bacon or, or rubber or, or housing, and we know this today. Uh, there's never been a time where, where rampant inflation doesn't end in hyperinflation and hyperinflation comes on near the end very quickly it's very dramatic and it it really destroys the middle class in every case and, and you can look around the world today at, at venezuela or, or or previously zimbabwe uh, uh, you want to go back a little ways to to poland in the 70s or hungary in the 50s or germany in the 30s ask any old timer especially a hungarian or a pole or even a Russian. Uh, I get Russian people in here, they remember the 90s. The whole system was wiped out. The bond market imploded and, and everyone lost their money. Most recently in 2016, anyone with over 100,000 euros in a Cypriot bank was virtually wiped out. They lost the majority of the money, over 100,000, in the banks. I've got the friends bankers, right now refusing to leave their money in the bank and they're just investing. It's like, why? what should I invest in? Real estate, gold, silver. Like that's what they want because we don't trust money just who knows what's going to happen 
to the value of money. In fact, we're losing pennies every day on our money sitting there in the bank, which is becoming more and more worthless. Uh, I, right. We're watching it firsthand, you know, and we, you know, we don't consider ourselves uh, wealthy people. We're just trying to take care of what God has given us, and you know, with you know, sort of liquidating our real estate and everything. We just did the best with what we thought we should do. And we wanted some, uh, you know, silver and things like this. But but you don't want to leave a, a large amount of money just sitting there in the bank doing nothing. The best thing you could do, if silver is at an all-time low, it does seem to be pretty much a no-brainer. And uh, people are making that decision every day. Yeah, they sure are. And I feel it. I mean, six, seven, eight, four from last year but just I, I, I argue with you a little bit you say we don't know when in fact we do know we're feeling the inflation now in fact you and I have been feeling it all our life and everybody listening has been feeling it all their life they've been losing purchasing power all their life leaving your your money in a bank today is is after inflation about an eight or nine percent loss at least over the year if you're making two and a half or three and a half on a gic today and they're all bragging about rates that are now three or four percent on your savings well we all know inflation is running 20 or 22 uh by some estimates you know between 10 and 20 depending on how much food you buy and how much you grow yourself you're losing 15 percent a year or more on your savings. Well, after six years, that means your savings are gone. We know that. We also know, because we feel that, we can see that reflected in our day-to-day -day lives. We also know from history that every experiment with debt-based money or fiat currency has failed miserably every single time. Ask a German, ask a Hungarian that lived in the 50s or a Polish fellow who, who remembers the 70s or a Russian fellow who lived in the 90s or a Venezuelan who's down there today or a Zimbabwean, or any African, or virtually any Thai or, or Viet person. I mean, if you're Vietnamese or Thai and, and you're our age in our mid-50s, you've not only felt it once, you've felt it three or four times in your 50 years on Earth. You've watched the banking system completely collapse three or four times. You know, and now it's, uh, I think it's 500,000 baht in Thailand to buy a... Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I, your point is you know, well taken. We're in se yeah. very serious times, actually. And with the instability of the world, yeah. you know, uh, somebody yeah. was commenting in the line about, you know, Russian rubles <laughs> might be a good investment. I don't know, because they're basing it on gold. I don't know. But um, well, I, I think that the Russian ruble is a tremendous hedge uh, in that, you know, if you look at government currencies like you look at stock actually did any amount of due diligence you'd find that that the the russian economy is is uh, quite well managed over the last two decades they're resource rich their deficits are very narrow in fact i don't even think they're running annual deficits they're running a surplus if you looked at governments like you look at companies and who runs the companies and the management team and so forth you'd bet on the ruble all day long in my opinion but wow so people are asking, anyway. uh, Steve, how where, where they can get um, silver and gold and contacting you. And that's in your email, I believe, right? That we had in your, uh, yeah. yes, right there. 
Sovereign Eyes at ProtonMail.com. And you, you kind of made that word up. I, I really like it. You're <laughs> sovereignizing. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, uh, Sovereign Eyes at ProtonMail.com. Um, because people would like to uh, quite possibly uh, hear from you, talk to you, uh, email you, and get some information and perhaps consider what they need to do. Yeah, well, we've got a really good process for your learners and other truth-minded people out there uh, us and piggyback on our 25 years in this industry and on the vault that we do and, and, and volume really does matter this is a really uh, narrow margin business and virtually all your pricing is is comparable uh, you look around the websites in Kitco or Silver Gold Bull or, or even Sprott Money, and you'll see there's a lot of comparability. We've done almost $100 million uh, in bookings with various wholesale companies in Canada, at least. And we want to share that purchasing power. We want to build on those volumes. And just for you folks that listen to Laurel Lynn, I got a bit of a deal. We we have silver bullets that we sell from time to time. This is a five ounce round. Yeah, hold it up in front of your face, high in front of your face. Try that. There right. you go. So, well, that's so, cool. This is fun. So that's a shotgun shell made of pure silver. It's not a real shotgun oh. shell. It's it's right. it's hard to do. <laughs> so for every yeah. every booking that comes through, yeah, your your channel. Laura Lynn, we're going to share uh, every book in uh, $5,000 or more, which is really quite a reasonably, you know, good booking, a starter booking, if you will. Yeah. We're going to share one of these five ounce pure silver shotgun shells. And That is so and, nice. Uh, that looks super them, cool. You don't want to leave it sitting them, on your shelf though. <laughs> I call them banker busters. <laughs> they, they come in two ounce as well, uh, 308 right. shaped, pure bullion bullets. So. It's nice. a way for us to, you know, get to know some of your listeners, and I'd love to get to know more of them. We've had Thank a you. number of your listeners come through, and, and we've got a ton of referrals uh, and a ton of uh, good reports and good reviews, and, and I can share all that with people. But reach out on email, and uh, we can walk you through the process. I've done it hundreds, thousands, actually, of times, uh, and I, I love talking to first-timers, and uh, I love helping people just you know, get their money out of the, out of the banking system. There's no better time to do it. It's, it's, it's an urgent call to action. It's got to happen. Well, that is very nice, Steve. And uh, I really appreciate that. And I know you have a very good reputation and you've been around a long time. So you are someone that can be trusted. You know what's happening. Whenever I have a conversation with you, I feel, you know, that I'm understanding the world. And, you know, um, the word calls us to be discerners of the times and I think like when we look today at the, uh, the Canadian dollar, you know, being 62 cents, um, that's, uh, you know, I think we need to maybe make sure that we're putting our money into something that is uh, going to be sure and steadfast. So I completely believe in it. I, I feel yep. good about it. I like it. It makes my spirit be at peace about this. And so thank you very much for sharing all of that with us. And I hope that people will get a hold of you 
and um, and learn more for themselves and sort of, um, you know, take take that leap and do something yeah. good for your yourself and your treasure. I agree 100 percent. Happy to help. And we're here to help. And I love doing it. It's, it's my calling, if you will. Yeah. Kind of like yours is. And, and uh, we're here for people. So. That's a very important point. Send us an email, point. put LLTV in the subject line, and we'll make sure a bullet goes back with the order. And That's cool. We're delivering right across the country. So there's, whether you're in a Nuvik or St. John's, Newfoundland, doesn't matter, anywhere in the States, actually, we can we can put metal right to your door. Okay, Canada or the, or the United States. Okay, that's oh, sure. good to know. Yeah. That's really good to know. And it is your calling. I just wanted to affirm that. Like, it is. Yes. Like you truly, you understand it all, first of all, which is very comforting. And this is something you do because you really believe in it. <clears throat> you like helping people and you know this is a good investment. You're not selling a lemon of a used car. <laughs> you know, like you really, really believe in what you are offering to people right now. It's a financial lifeboat right now. You, you've got to get out of the banking system. It's going down. It's the Titanic going down. There's not enough lifeboats. Uh, you want to be in one for sure. And uh, this is a good one to be in. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much, Steve. Let's do this again. And uh, we'll remind our listeners here and there uh, to be to, to be making their investment sure with you. So thank you and God bless. Thanks, Laura Thank God you. God bless. Bye-bye. Very, very nice. Okay. Uh, make sure you take that to heart. I, I believe in this. I, I only like to talk about things that I think are important to us at this time. And so I get a lot of people that want me to, you know, come on and talk about their products or whatever. You would not believe what I turned down. And, uh, Steve didn't even come to me and say that he wanted to, you know, do this. I, I have sought him out because I keep hearing everywhere I go, silver and gold, silver and gold. And I was listening to Proverbs this morning for a couple of hours, and uh, it's all filled with uh, talk about silver and gold in Proverbs in the Bible. And I just, I think it's important. It's sort of a standard that God set. So uh, with it being low, I mean, it, it just sounds good. So may God help us all to make good decisions. I want to bring on my dear friend now, Mark. Uh, Savoya from, uh, he is in uh, Costa Rica and we've been hearing. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you again, Mark. Thank you for waiting. I know that you're probably sitting in some really hot room just boiling while you listen to us talking about silver and gold. Wasn't that interesting though? It was really, really interesting. And I hear it a lot down here too. And I have a lot of people that when they reach out to me, they're like, Mark, how do I bring my silver and gold to Costa Rica? I'm <laughs> Good question. Right. <laughs> I, have to go through customs, I did. Right? Yeah, you got to get through customs. <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. Well, that is a good question, and we could maybe get into that if you know anything about it. But really, um, uh, Mark, I've talked to you because we are seeing that people are leaving in droves from Canada. It is a 50 year high of people deciding that they do not feel safe in Canada at this time. They do not feel their money is safe in Canada. And, um, you know, uh, I am Canadian. I am a uh, dual citizen of America as well, but my children are here. So my life as a, a parent, grandparent, and, you know, having family uh, leads me to be very connected here. But 
we also know that there are other places we can visit and we can enjoy, we can invest in. And a lot of people, a lot of Canadians are talking to me. They, they know you. And so, Mark, you're, you're just, it seems like a lot of Canadians making the decision to head to Costa Rica. So how is it that you help them? Well, you know what it comes down to, Laura, is everybody's trying to find their way. Right. And when you're, you're looking and researching a new place to reinvent yourself and start life, they're like, where do we start? Who do we trust? So like I was saying before, the relocation companies down here, they charge thousands. So before they give you any information that I give you all for free, they say, what's your credit card number? Here's my PayPal. Let's begin. So I'm handing people all that information. There's no charge for it. So anything anyone needs help with, I'm there to help them. And if I don't have the answer, I will redirect them to somebody who does have the answer, right? So from contacts, from paperwork, where to notarize, authenticate, um, which lawyers to use, who to trust, transportation. And if they come to my neck of the woods, you know, having the honor of being able to help them find either a home, the location, or build them a house. And if they're in the other part of the country, I have helped hundreds move to going to Costa and stuff. I have never yet to meet them, but I refer them to an agent in that area who I've used before in the past and I trust. Right. Right. It's, so this is different important. parts of, of uh, the, the area, the, the country of Costa Rica. Um, what, exactly. what are some of the biggest challenges? People are very scared, aren't they? And uh, I know um, a couple of friends of mine have made the decision to to go and to i mean it's yep. a pretty beautiful country you can't go wrong with the beaches and the the warmth and all of that but it it is still a daunting challenge to consider you know uprooting from everything that you've known to be normal and to head over to this country now i've recently seen like uh costa rica it does have like sort of um uh poverty in it but it also has an up and coming well it has a, a president that has really supported values of freedom. He has absolutely said that vaccine mandates would never be a part of his country. Yep. And so some really good politically good things have, have been happening there. Well, he just lowered the price of gas. Oh, so basically right <laughs> we know this country is ran by the people, right? And Costa Ricans are very religious, very religious. What, what do you remember when you're a kid on a Sunday? It's, you'd hear church bells going, stores would be closed, just your grocery store would be open, but shopping malls and everything else are closed. Everybody's at beaches, house parties, restaurants, there's gatherings. And it doesn't matter if they know you or not, they invite you in like they've known you for years, right? So I actually appreciate that because it makes you really think and appreciate as, as much as COVID is destroying stuff everywhere in the world, it's kind of showing you what is really worth it to you. What What is the denomination of what your life is worth to you? And it's having people around you that want to be around you. Now, everybody always says to me, well, you know, how am I going to survive in Costa Rica? What am I going to do? What are we going to do for work? And the first thing I tell people is when you get here, please, decompress, reinvent yourself. You are back in the early 80s here. 
So, you know, like if anyone's ever want to watch a good movie, watch Hot Tub Time Machine, they go back into time and they reinvent their lives. You have that chance here in Costa Rica from whatever it is you want to do. But if you don't put the work into it, like anything else, you won't succeed because you have to get out there. You have to mingle. You have to mingle with the locals, with the other expats, right? You have to adapt yourself to the whole area, which is important, right? And I always tell people that, right? But the first thing they need to do is decompress. It's important. It's good for the body. It's good for the soul. And people feel it. Yeah, absolutely. So so what are uh, like housing prices, land prices uh, in comparison okay. to somewhere like Vancouver? So there's a big project here called the sea. And since the last time we've talked, but even before that, because Costa Rica's popularity has become, it's strengthened over just even over the last like six months, it's gotten ridiculous. Housing prices in certain areas like in Uvita, Dominical are skyrocketing because when people come down here, A, they want to be in the blue zone. They don't want to see chemtrails up in the sky. They don't want any of that. They want to see regular natural clouds, but they want to be surrounded by nature. They want an abundance of food. They want an abundance of fruit. They just want to have anything and everything possible. Um, so the prices of houses, you do still have some houses in this area that you can get for like 275 to 300,000. They're very sparse, but there are some homes. Everything now is starting to get up in like the 450, 475 range land. We still do have some deals of land at like 75, 90,000, but when everybody comes down, they think Costa Rica, ocean view, uh, ocean view has skyrocketed. There's not much left between Ojo Chao all the way to the north of us, even into Hako, where Ocean View is, you find anything that's, you know, relatively good under half a million dollars US. So it's really skyrocketing. So there is a big project here called The Sea. It's 39 condos, 20 villas. It's way up in the mountains. And the prices are unheard of. It's an ecosystem uh, development, but so many people are flocking to this area that it's, it's just become such a hot spot, right? But it's a safe haven. That's why our great prime minister was looking, you know, Costa Rica, right? For that reason, but he's in Santa Teresa. He's where like the, the Islamics, the Arabics are because nobody there really knows who he is. So this is Trudeau. When you mean recently, when Trudeau. Trudeau was in Costa Rica, he was in the Islamic. Uh, yeah. So Santa Teresa is a lot of Islamics, Arabics are in Santa Teresa, so oh. they don't really know who Trudeau is. They don't really care who Trudeau is. So he has to be careful because Guanacaste, there's a lot of Canadians. <laughs> I bet he does have to be careful, and they all went there exactly. to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch he was your taking back. a helicopter, a helicopter down to the beach to go really? to the beach. He had to take a helicopter. He had to take a helicopter. The oh. house that he was staying in was so well guarded, you cannot enter with a car. You were not allowed <laughs> to enter with a car. So he was heavily protected. So I don't think this is a place that he wants to be, but this is a place where I'm... he can't be removed of if he were to come here. But he has to be right. very careful here. Right, I know this right. Is being aired, well, and maybe but... that's why he likes it, right? He fig yeah, he figures he'll, 
you know, maybe he can find some safety. He can hire the the guards or whatever. But um, I mean, yeah, this is what the prime minister has done to his life. He he's never, you know, he's never. Nobody's gonna. He'll never know, even in Canada, where he can ever go the rest of his life, where someone's maybe not yelling at him because exactly. he's enraged the nation. Exactly. Even the liberals, his his approval rate is just plummeting. And uh, I think the liberals have a real problem on his hand. I mean, consider that all of the travel restrictions in the world are lifted except for Canada, you know, except for our citizens couldn't go to visit dying relatives in another land if they're not vaccinated. I mean, he just, he killed the love, you know? He did, but that's what he was feeding off of, right? So when when people come down here, I, I was sitting this morning having breakfast. So I'm like, okay, if I go early enough, I'm not going to run into people. I ran on a couple from BC. One was a, he was a chiropractor and he had a successful business in BC. And I have a lot of people now reaching out to me from BC. And he's like, Mark, he goes, I uprooted my life. I got my son and my wife and we left. He goes, we're sick and tired, not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, what today is, is the sky blue? Is the sky black? We don't know. He goes, we just want to be familiarized around people that are like-minded that just want to enjoy life and down here honestly laura we don't care if you're vaccinated unvaccinated we don't care it's not about what you did or you know had the the wall pulled over your your eyes it's about just being part of a community right i met another couple from uh texas who moved here and moved here with their two twins right they had two sets of twins and he was ex-military and he's like man he goes you know sorry to say this but he goes what's coming we haven't seen the worst yet and he goes it's coming and this is from texas so he goes we uprooted our life and we moved here so i started a big expat community group on whatsapp and when somebody moves here to get them situated right away with other individuals like yourselves everybody that i put onto this group chat they're like welcome how are you how's it going so right? you're forming a community me, right away. Yeah. And then Toby's been great because, you know, we've had a lot of people and I'm just like, I'm like, I have to meet Toby. To- like, yeah, Toby's my, yeah, Toby's my producer and uh, she, she moved to Costa Rica and she works uh, with us from there every day where, uh, you know, she's booking all my guests and, and yeah. uh, so um, she's just absolutely loving it there. Now, what about food? Um, is there going to be food shortages? Uh... <laughs> no, because um, there, there's such an abundance here. You know, it's not like at home where, you know, everything is controlled, everything is monitored. You know, you have to have greenhouses. Here, you can just go take uh, a fruit and plant it in the ground and rest assured not do anything and it will grow. There's an abundance of food. Um, you know, our energy, 60% of our electrical comes from the ocean, from the waves, right? So we generate our own electricity. Um, meat here, there are so many organic, natural uh, butchers around that you can go and, you know, you can get a whole cow if you want for $375, all butchered, brought to your house for you. Right. So for when it comes for food, people don't worry. Like, where can you go shop at a little fruit market and buy a pineapple, a watermelon, five mangoes, six bananas, 10 passion fruits, and you're going to pay like seven dollars U.S. for it. 
<laughs> it's like, wow. come on, you can live I, just off the fruit alone. Yes. And that was what I was really blown away with in the last, uh, you know, the last couple of years, Trudeau told, told us not to travel. So I did uh, exactly what he said not to do. And uh, one of the exactly. places I ended up going a couple times was Costa Rica. And I just couldn't believe the abundance of fruit and the beauty of it. And it felt so good because we're hearing all of these things about food plants being blown up. And Lord knows if you've got, you know, bugs in your, in your, uh, you know, Graham wafers. Uh, it just, it's so disturbing what's happening to our food. And yeah. now there's other things I, I had, a oh, I won't even get into that. It's just so disturbing what they're putting in our food. So I, uh, I just oh. loved that about there. You, you know, you've got fresh meat, you've got fresh vegetables and it's, it's uh, there is a real community as well. And the people are very religious. Like you said, there, uh, they're, largely Catholic, but some of them, you know, yeah. evangelical and just love Jesus, love family. And it's a very comforting uh, country. Well, they always say Pura Vida, right? It's a beautiful life. And then right. they tell you to go with God. So they don't hassle you and haggle you. You always have the, the one odd rotten apple in the whole group. Yeah. But you know, 99% of them. But in Canada, you got they three rotten apples. There. Yeah. And you know what the thing is, Laura, sometimes I always get this one homeless guy and he comes up and he doesn't ask for anything. He tastes like, you know, my buggy away and, you know, I'll give him some drinks and, and I'll give him a little bit of money. And my wife's like, you know, Mark, you see him every time. He knows who you are and he smiles. I go, you know what? I go, we don't know which way God is working. God could be in that person, right? And that might just be the test for me, right? To right. him to say help this person out, right? Very this kind. is your, your task for the day. Yeah. Right. And every time I see him, he actually blesses me. He goes, you're, he goes, you're a good soul. He goes, thank you. And we're not talking a lot. We're talking a few dollars, mm -hmm. but that few dollars to him makes a big difference. Right. So it's, it's the act of kindness. So like good as much guy. as I like that about our, you. Yeah. But so the much as the material things back at home, everything was such a rat race and you have to make what you can and show it off. And it's all about that and waking up. And then, you know, you spend those few weeks out of the year to go enjoy somewhere because you're like, I got to rush to the beach. That the time passes so, so fast that you only get one shot of life. The time that you lost stressing and worrying, you've given up. You can't get that back. So why not learn just to adapt and, and take a deep breath in because every day is a gift and just relax. Well, and enjoy and everything you sure feel closer to God sitting on that white sand beach with all them <laughs> waves rolling in and with that warm water that's like a bath. Oh. I mean, I found God this last couple of years yeah. uh, just sitting there because it, it had been so stressful. And I really do feel like God gave me an opportunity to, well, through literally, uh, you know, my, my righteous rebellion against Trudeau telling us we couldn't do this and that. And I've just said, uh, not on my watch am I just kowtowing to, to this nonsense. And so I went through the rigmarole of everything. But when I was there and I just, oh my Lord, it's so yeah. beautiful. You know, we shouldn't not experience what God has given us that is so beautiful. We definitely need to do that. We have people in the line. They've got some questions. Um, they're, sure. asking, uh, they're asking about property taxes in Costa Rica. Okay, so property tax in Costa Rica, if you're under $600,000 US for your property tax, uh, for a purchase of a, a property or a home, 
your property tax is going to be between six and 800 us a year for your property taxes if it's vacant what? land so what a lot of people do here is they'll buy a piece of land so their taxes are 500 us a year and they build a house on it there is no impact there's nobody that comes out and checks and says well you know your house is valued at a million dollars in their eyes your house is valued at whatever the land cost is and whatever you tell them that your house is worth now when you resell it the next person will pay more property tax because they go by the value of what you sold it for so anything above six hundred thousand, you will pay a luxury tax but comparison to back at home i was five thousand a year property tax luxury tax here your property tax would be about $2,500 a year, $2,000 a year, depending, right? So it, it's, it's, it's extremely low. So yeah, that's a lot less, a lot less right there. Uh, especially maybe if you get, um, because I know some people, they don't want to view or anything. They'll get a nice plot of land. Um, when we were looking uh, sort of at uh, what, you know, what's we always wanted to know what's in the area, you could get a yep. whole entire, was it 18 acres, JT, of coffee? Uh, we love coffee. Well, yeah. I do. And uh, there's yeah. a coffee farm, you know, you so you could have this coffee farm going. It was 18 acres and it was, what, 300,000 or something for 18 acres and a coffee farm. So you could, you know, make your yeah. own Costa Rica coffee, <laughs> right? I was like, yeah. Exactly. Of course, uh, exactly. yeah. That was a bit too much work for me. But still, um, there there's these opportunities. And also, you know, getting yes. like a... Uh, like a, you can get a good sized plot of land for eighty or ninety thousand, and then you could build on yep. it, and you could build for you know, um, you know. I, I right don't know. Now, do, depend about your the kind of your cost of building at start is about a hundred and twenty five, all the way up to like a hundred and sixty dollars a square foot turnkey. Okay, so right. really done nice in a nice done uh, nice. Yep. finished a finished plus your furniture and the furniture down here doesn't cost much if you get it custom made right right it's not expensive yeah. so i always tell people your initial setup is where the most of your cost is going to go then your cost of living and everything is substantially low like my cost of living back at home was between 10 and fifteen thousand a month and we had no mortgage that was the cost of my living that same equivalent cost of living down here i'm between three and thirty seven hundred a month and I do everything. It's going out for lunches, dinners. I'll go out do activities. I have fun, right? And, and I'm entertaining people. I'm taking people out. I'm showing them around. Yeah, right? and, and that's, and that's, a, that's a pretty that's a pretty big uh, ticket you got there. Ten, fifteen thousand. I know you like your steaks and stuff, so that must be part of it. But well, uh, you know, I said, well, <laughs> it was it was all the traveling. Like every September to April, we would travel. I'm like, you know what? It's like you said. It's you know this great big earth it's for the ones that don't have you know or have the opportunity to travel why would you not take in an experience and take in as much as you can of different cultures different parts of the world like take for it all in that's something that can never be taken from you yeah right? somebody's asking somebody made a comment that uh, a whole bunch of questions coming in for you um uh yeah. safety like uh you know well it's hot and humid somebody's saying i'm like well it might be a little hot and humid but you know in a nice breeze it's pretty fantastic so down at the beach it's like yeah it is yeah it i is. mean you know it's hot and humid in florida as well uh but um exactly. but they did make a comment about safety so 
I don't know, Philadelphia, uh, the crime's up. I just saw a thing about living in Vancouver and how it's turning into a really dangerous place to live. So uh, how does Costa Rica compare? Yeah. Okay, so like anywhere else in the world, you have your different areas, right? So when, when people have never been here, I'll always ask them, where do you live? And they're like, Mark, why? I'm like, let me paint you a picture of what Costa Rica is for you all the way from the north part of the country, all the way to the south part of the country. And I use comparisons to what they have back at home. You do have good areas and you do have bad areas. Our area is a lot of baby boomers and young families, but the demographics of expats in our area are people that are running businesses. Uh, we have the president of the ASADA, the legal water system has a house here. So there's a lot of important people in our area. So I always tell people the way you measure the crime in the area and the safety is always looking when you see the police driving around with their lights on and there's an abundance of police and trucks, motorcycles, dirt bikes, side-by-sides walking the streets, that area is heavily protected. When you see less of them, there's more crime in those areas. But it's like anywhere else. I tell people, when you go to a grocery store, would you leave a $100 bill on your dashboard? No. Nope. I wouldn't. So when they come on vacation here, they're like, well, my laptop got stolen or my passport got stolen. I'm like, where did you put it? Oh, I left it on, on, on the seat of the car and I went That's to the Surrey, beach. That's Surrey, BC. Yeah, in the mall parking. Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> was, your, was your windows up? No, no, I had the windows down. So I'm like, you expect that person who walks by and sees that and thinks, hey, you know, it, it's free for the taking, even though it, it shouldn't be, of course they're going to do it, right? So I always tell people, it's, it's about, you know, having your wits about you, like you're being at home, because everyone thinks when they go on vacation or they visit a new place that, you know, we're, we're a visitor to this country. Right? It's not our home, right? So you have to treat it with the utmost respect. And a lot of people come and they're like, they're, they're rude to the people, the locals, right? They don't want to learn the language or they don't even want to try, but they talk down to them. Where, you know, when, when I see the police doing a check, a spot check, I'll go to the convenience store and I'll buy them all pops, juices, water, and I'll go back because they're wearing uniforms. I'm sweating in a tank top and they've got armory on, like they're just standing there and they fist pump you and they're like, thank you. And you know, you and know, they, they were pictures. so nice. They were so they nice. Like they smiled they and waved. Well, you know what? I went there in the middle of the, the Vancouver Canadian lockdown where the police yeah. had turned into something I did not recognize. And, uh, I got over there and uh, you know, we're just walking around and then they're driving by and they're like, you know, like they just waved at, at you. I, I, I mean, it was like, how nice. I mean, it was just very pleasant. Yeah. Sorry, but you know what it is, is during COVID, do you know a lot of the police only made like 30 to 40,000 colognes a week? We're talking like 50, $60 is all they got. That's all the money that they got. So, you know, when I see them and, you know, I was in the grocery store and one guy bought um, a bunch of danishes and some pop for him and his partner. And I went up behind him and I grabbed his stuff and I pulled it in front with mine. We're talking $5, okay? And he looked at me mean. He's like, what are you doing? That's my food. And when I paid for it, I returned the favor and I said to him, Pura Vida. And he looks at me and he fist pumps me. And he's like, thank you. I mean, because it's, I go, it's about helping. You know, if I yeah. see somebody walking in the rain and they're carrying something, I'll stop and I'll pick them up and I'll give them a drive. Even if it's out of my way, it's, it's, it's about helping each other out community somebody's asking right. about panama panama versus costa rica Ooh. 
Panama's cheaper, but when all the COVID rules were going on, if you got caught outside with a mask on, it was an $850 fine, no questions asked. With If you didn't um, have one monkey on. Monkeypox. Yeah. In monkey Panama. Monkeypox. They declared Panama. They declared a state of an emergency for <laughs> monkeypox without even one case of monkeypox. <laughs> and they're like, we're in a state of emergency. So Okay, you convinced raised, me. <laughs> yeah, when they raised gas prices there not too long ago, they blocked the Panama border to Costa Rica. They blocked it. There was riots. There was fights on the streets. They were taking cop cars, beating the cops up, taking their cars and torching them. I'm like, it was bad. And people like from Costa Rica didn't want to go over because they're like, you don't know if you're gonna get caught in a, in a crossfire. So Panama, See, so there may be more WEF than uh, than Costa Rica. I don't know time. what that is, but uh, the, the president of Costa Rica fired a bunch of the people that had made the medical decision. I read the whole article. He said, yeah. in fact, that their positions uh, had expired. So their positions had expired. No one said anything. And they kept making decisions to, you know, kind of do some some things that, that weren't good. And they just let them all go. And I really yeah. like your new president. He's a good guy. People are mocking him um, because... He, he was back in the day, right? With the country and all that. And they're mocking him. But at the end of the day, remember politics, what happened four years, we feel the effects now, right? So here's this guy trying to clean up the mess of the last president. And right when the last president came out and this guy came in, remember, he's a professional chartered accountant. He was gonna go through all the books and we so happened to have a cyber attack. And all the books got destroyed because the last president was using the, the money as his own personal bank account. Oh. Where this guy's like, no, we don't do that. So he Sounds hired like everybody. Canada. <laughs> yeah, he hired everybody. And then everybody that was giving out the vaccine here, all the nurses and doctors, yep. he said, if people can prove that they've been injured by that doctor or nurse that gave the shot, that person will actually be held liable for it. <gasps> and here it's not, it's not peaceful here where they just, you know, put up a sign and protest. Here they will get revenge on them because it's, you're, you're messing with their, their free will, their life. Right? And so their children. this country is ran by the people. It's strictly right. ran by the people, which is good. And someone's asking if we can bring pets. A hundred percent. So if you reach out to me, I give you all their information, what you need, what documents you need, what vets to use, what forms have to be printed. With a blue pen, it has to be done. And I tell you exactly step-by-step step when you have to do it, where you have to do it, and every little step possible. Now. When you're flying with your dog, a lot of airlines are refusing pets, right? So there, there are a few options, right? So there's the option of going like Aeromexico, you know, you got to do a stopover. Or the other option, people don't like to hear this, and it's going to get back to it, is I do have uh, access to private jets through one of the companies that during all this COVID stuff was helping people make the move, the, the, the transaction and transition into Costa Rica without having to comply with all the rules that they had to. And your your pets get to fly with you on the plane. They get to sit right next to you. So they're not underneath the cargo with the uh, luggage and you're stressed out the whole time, you know, is your pet gonna make it, right? Because they're fur babies, they're part of the family, right? It's very important. Right, it, that's yeah. an, a very important thing, you know, how we get, how we get our little, uh, puppies over to where we're going. Exactly. Well, I, I bet you love it. I know you've moved your family, your children, 
You're just, you're living the dream right now, aren't you? It's a beautiful place. It is such an amazing place. And since the last time I talked to you, I had a lot of people inquire. So I spent a lot of days and a lot of nights on the phone because I always tell people, I don't like emails. To me, it's not personal. I like a phone call, video chat, WhatsApp. I want people to hear my voice. I want to hear people's stories. And a lot of them, it's, it comes down to the uncertainty. You know, what do we do? The unknown. Every day you wake up is an unknown. You're not sure you're going to be here tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So he's tell people, I go, the minute we're born, God already has our whole life written out for us. You can either fight it and think that you're controlling it, or you can just go along for the journey and enjoy it. So it, that's what it comes down to. So when I tell people, and I have, I have families here that are like, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do for work? And what are we going to do with this? And I'm like, guys, I'm like, relax. Everything will fall into place. This door opened for a reason. The pandemic happened for a reason. You were meant to be here. As much as you don't think you were, you were meant to be here. Now you can either embrace it and enjoy it and not worry about it because those you're losing that time. Just, just take it all in and everything will fall into place. And it does. Right? They see it, it really and it all does. does fall into place. It really does. Yeah. So you have a number that we've been putting up on the screen and apparently you yep. can, anyone can call from Canada or the US or wherever yep. to that number. Yep. Just add a one yep. if you're on your phone or whatever, and uh, you can just get through to you and uh, ask 100%. questions and maybe 100%. book a trip, book a vacation, everyone. Do you know, exactly. we, we went across Canada asking everyone if anyone had taken a vacation <laughs> and no one has. Like there was 38 people out, you know, out of hundreds of people that I met uh, this last few months in Canada that took 38 people that took a vacation. Uh, we asked yeah. every single group that we went and really like, it's just refreshing and you can kind of think, um, and this is a beautiful big world that God has created. So, uh, I do think that part of, part of just enjoying and having dominion on this earth is being able to travel wherever you want and having a good time. Well, Mark, you make that possible and you make it seem really hopeful and not so difficult and uh, I know it's easy to make friends there because within no time, you know, everybody like you're just kind of, oh, come over to so-and-so. I, I was having, you know, exactly. uh, lunch at someone's house <laughs> that I hadn't known. And, and uh, you know, monkeys are outside or there's there's these yep. uh, beautiful birds, you know, those multicolored birds that are there. Um, just phenomenal. I mean, what is it? Yeah, the macaws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm on Instagram and they'll see I post videos of the monkeys, the sloths and everything. But you know what it comes down to, Laura, I'll say this quickly. Yep. Is everybody always asks me, they're like, why are you helping? You know, put a denomination in front of your help, even if it's $50. I'm like, no. Yep. I go, I'm fortunate enough that I can help people. Right. So I'm not always worried about, you know, different avenues. I'm, I'm fortunate enough. So why not help the people? Because I said, there's families I've helped here. Very nice. I've helped people move to Nicaragua. I've never met them, right? But it's just wow. fortunate and privileged enough to be able to give this hand. You're a very right? nice person. Are. I have to say that you really, you really are kind. Uh, you inspire you're, a lot of people, so. You're, you're earning <laughs> your you're treasures really in heaven. Yeah, well, you're Thank doing you. unto others as you would have others do to you. And that's a very beautiful thing. Uh, but also you're a builder, 
and you uh, are able to uh, build homes as well. Yep. And so that's, uh, you know, that's something that you are tied into. So if people want to build, buy a piece of property, build a home, they can build it with you. Exactly. And, and I like to educate them step by step. So they see the process here. They see the way it's being done. Right. So every little step of the way they get to experience what it is I'm experiencing. And if somebody's buying, you know, back at home and getting ready to make this move, it's weekly videos of the progress of what's going on, how the area is, just the surroundings that they're around. Right. And anyone that does make this move right away, I'll put them into one of the expats groups so they can start living their, their own lives through other people and they can connect right away. Yes. I love it. Mark, thank you so much. Let's do it again. I always like talking about this beautiful place uh, that we, <laughs> Anytime, uh, Laura, that we all love so much. I really, uh, I appreciate your time and it's uh, Thanksgiving here in Canada. I know it's probably know. not there, happy but happy Thanksgiving to you, Mark and your family. Thank you. You too. All right. And God bless you. Thank Take you, care. Laura. God bless. You too. All right. What a great day to just talk about silver and gold and Costa Rica. That's kind of fun, isn't it? Uh, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to let go of those of you on Facebook and we're going to... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, we're. Oh, I'll be on. I'll be back on Facebook in five days. Five. Count them. I got booted off, of course, for just too much truth. Uh, so that's okay. I hadn't. I hadn't had a thirty-day suspension in like a year. So I guess I deserved one. I don't know. Um, I. I didn't even say it. Somebody else on my show said it. I don't think that's right. I think you should get to speak the truth and let the truth come out where it may. But we're also on YouTube today, and I'm going to be talking about some things that YouTube just prefers we don't talk about. So uh, if you want to hear those things, it's just a few more minutes. I got a couple of very, very important videos we got to get to. And if you want to do that, then JT, do you have my share right there? It is uh, the, um, we're going over to, we're on Rumble. Well, we're actually on eight platforms, everyone, not just YouTube every day. Oh, my share is gone. All right, let me try to bring that on again. Um, so I'll show you what my uh, Rumble channel looks like so that you can go find find me on there. I'm on Rumble. I'm on Odyssey. T tell me where else, JT. So many places. Liberty, DLive, Rockfin, Odyssey, I mentioned that, right? And then we put all of our shows up to BitChute at night. So if you're watching me on my wonderful, uh, I have like 60 some thousand uh, viewers on YouTube. If you're watching there, <coughs> uh, please um, know that if you like this show and you go, wow, I haven't seen you for so long because we haven't really been doing a lot of programs here because usually every day we're not doing a Thanksgiving fun and feel good special. Uh, we're talking about very, very difficult things going on in the world, and sometimes YouTube doesn't like that. So we're going to really honor YouTube because we we respect uh, their uh, views um, in so much as we don't want to get kicked off. So we're going to leave and say goodbye to YouTube, and we're going to go over to Rumble and show uh, some disturbing things that we feel that you need to know. So did you you did show that? Did you show my share? Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to let you all go. Love you, YouTube, and see you next time. And go find us on Rumble. Okay. All right, so you didn't even let me get that last part in, did you? Probably. You, well, where I said go find us on Rumble. You did? 
Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right. So, how about this? Florida Surgeon General recommends uh, recommend against COVID vaccination. Have a look at this. So, uh, it's a still image, isn't it? So, unbelievably. So the state surgeon general now recommends against the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines for males ages 18 to 39 years old. The Florida Department of Health conducted an analysis through a self-controlled case series. And okay, I'll just read the, this, but I just want them to know that there was this whole like thing that happened and through it. Uh, this analysis found that there's an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccinations. I, is that shocking or what? 84% increase? And we've been talking about this. We've been talking about all of these bad things. So now Florida. So when does the world wake up? Uh, I bet, do you, do you see all of the things on CBC reporting this today? CTV, Global? No? Haven't seen it there? No. Okay. Well, let's go to Bannon's War Room uh, interview with Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, about this decision. Take a look. What we did was we looked, we probed an important question, and the shame is that we had to do it because other people have had these data and could have done it earlier. The CDC could have done something like this six months, a year ago. And, but we did it. And what we did was we basically used the data that we have in Florida. So we have data in Florida on, on vaccinations. We have data in Florida on, on death, you know, who dies. And we have data in Florida on COVID-19 test results. And we basically merged these data and we use this technique called a, a, uh, a case control, a self, uh, a self control case series method. And it's nothing we made up. It was something that was developed many years ago to evaluate vaccine safety. And it's actually a very simple method. I think I looked at some of the critiques on Twitter and we responded to some of the more substantive ones, but most of the critiques, I mean, it's kind of a shame. You know, you've got people who have educations, read the papers, you know, look at the references, understand the method before you start criticizing the, the study. But unfortunately, a lot of people didn't do that. They just went straight to criticism because, of course, they didn't like the results. But the intuition of the method is super simple, Steve. All the method does is it says, okay, we're going to take an exposure. In this case, we're talking COVID-19 vaccines. And we're going to take an outcome that we care about. And in this case, we're talking death. And we're going to look at people who had both of them. And we're going to see if the deaths over in our, and we use the six month period, we're going to see if the deaths occur kind of randomly across that six month period or whether they are clustered around the exposure. So really simple, right? And the intuition is that if something is related to an exposure, so in this case, we're looking at death. So if death is related to an exposure, then you would expect that the deaths would be sort of clustered or concentrated in the timeline near the exposure. But if it's unrelated, then the deaths would happen any time across the timeline you're looking at. 
Somebody, uh, we put a comment up basically saying, oh, that's DeSantis trying to take from the uh, the baseline of the Trump supporters. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I wish that uh, Trump would deal with all of this. I have somebody constantly on me emailing me nonstop about my support for Trump, and yet, you know, he has chosen to deal with this information on the vaccines differently. I think there's information that we don't all have because um, the way that Trump sort of ignores the the harms from the vaccines and whatnot. One thing is he's not pushing them anymore at all. Uh, his uh, He did a big rally last night, thousands and thousands and thousands in Arizona, and uh, he wasn't pushing that. So, but I'm just very appreciative that the the data and the science are now being followed. You know, we've heard that and they, they call it safe and effective and it's it's been completely defective what's been happening with these. Okay, let's go to Bannon's War Room, his interview with Dr. Naomi Wolf on lipid nanoparticles. This is fascinating. Aaron Siri, to his credit, the guy who got the original Pfizer documents released under court order, um, he filed another lawsuit on behalf of Dell Bigtree and the vSafe database got released um, in the last few days. And it's big, big news. This is Rochelle Walensky's database. This is what she's criminally liable for. So this is absolutely shocking and it confirms again independently what ed dowd and his um data sets have been showing you which is disabilities and injuries of americans at an industrial scale that you cannot even imagine and i can't stress enough steve these are this is the government database of what happens when you get injected with these vaccines this is rochelle walensky's custody database so it shows 700 thousand plus doctor visits, 6.4 million health impacts, um, over 2 million serious adverse events, serious side effects. And the this is um, adverse events like I can't work, I can't engage in my normal activities, I'm disabled. Um, so these are these are injuries of Americans at a massive scale. And remember, this is what Ed Dowd showed you when he said that there's a huge jump in the rate of disability claims per his data sets, which were insurance industry data sets. And the people who are being harmed are working age Americans. So this independent vSafe data set confirms that in absolutely horrific detail, millions of Americans um, severely injured to the point of not being able to, to work, having to see their doctors, um, you know, going to the emergency room, subsequent to the injections. This is not random. It's what happened after you got vaccinated. And Rochelle Walensky didn't just know she was in charge of it and she kept this is why i say it's mass murder at a massive scale she knew and she kept saying safe and effective she knew and she kept saying no you know no serious side effects maybe you'll feel tired maybe you'll get a headache she knew that millions of americans were going to the emergency room seeing their doctors too disabled to work you know hundreds of thousands having serious adverse events she knew it um we're going to have you back on. Obviously, you okay. guys are breaking news every day. Uh, with so your, uh, this, this, that is uh, just absolutely um, fascinating. And uh, the harms that are coming out, that the data is very, very clear. Doesn't it make you wonder why Dr. Teresa Tam doesn't know any of this? Why does Dr. Bonnie Henry, why is she not following the science? Why are they continuing to say the safe and effective line of this uh, Walensky woman. 
Okay, uh, let's go to another safe and effective, a second opinion documentary clip uh, from, I think the, the, the movie is called Safe and Effective, I think. Yeah, yeah, take a look. Pfizer skipped major categories of safety testing altogether. The toxicity of the COVID-19 vaccine's mRNA active ingredient was never studied. The FDA and Pfizer knew about major toxicities associated with gene therapy class of medicines. The CDC, FDA, and Pfizer lied about vaccine staying in the injection site. My examination of leaked Moderna documents also revealed that vaccine-induced antibody-enhanced disease was identified as a serious risk. AstraZeneca also met with controversy. In March 2021, its use was temporarily halted in several European countries because of fears of blood clots. In the UK, it is now not recommended for anyone under 40. We asked the DHSC whether they were aware of allegations of inadequate and possibly flawed trial data. This is not something that DHSC will be responding to. The pharmaceutical companies have also been reluctant to comment. Scientists prefer to emphasize the 20 million lives they claim to have been saved. So the suggestion that the vaccine has saved 20 million lives is really, I think, science fiction, not scientific fact, because the study that comes from is a very poor quality observational study. Um, and when you look at a higher quality level of evidence, in fact, even Pfizer's own randomized controlled trial didn't show any reduction in COVID mortality of statistical significance. It showed no reduction in all-cause mortality. So this really, this statement is almost implausible. Um, to be honest, it sounds more like an advert from the drug industry than true science. With so many questions about the benefits and safety of the vaccines, why were they authorized so quickly by the MHRA? And what exactly is the relationship between the regulators and the companies they regulate? A recent article in the British Medical Journal questioned their independence. The MHRA Chief Executive June Rain insists that safety and independence are vital. But this year, she admitted that the agency had changed from watchdog to enabler. Rules are written on tablets of stone and there's a lot of policemen in these places that go around factories, find problems with trials and generally hold things up. We tore up the rule book and we allowed companies to immediately start juxtaposing not sequential phases of clinical trials but overlapping, beginning the next one before the previous had been finished. Doctors, patients and members of the public must be aware that regulators cannot be trusted to be independent as long as they continue to be captured by industry. You know, recent evidence that's emerged from a BMJ investigation revealed that 86% of the funding of the MHRA comes from the drug industry. And that's a huge conflict of interest. We asked the MHRA for their observations, but they merely referred us to their official guidance on the safety of COVID vaccines. You know, the, uh, the point where that lady says, you know, we tore up the rule book. Isn't, what that, isn't that what the whole world has done? Dr. Bonnie Henry, Dr. Teresa Tam, and the rest of them, they've just torn up the rule book. Same with our government, um, you know, our prime minister. They've just torn up the rule book. Yeah, we have rules. We, we think we should live by them. But especially when it comes to having a safe and effective world with respect to our medical, um, you know, 
uh, observances. No, we, we've just toured, torn up the rule book. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter that, you know, all of these things are happening. We're just not going to report on it. We're going to, any doctor who dares to go against the narrative, we're going to make sure that, you know, he's got problems with the College of uh, Physicians and Surgeons. And that's where we were this last Saturday, an amazing time down there. Hundreds of people gathered to protest what they've been doing down there. Dr. Charles Hoff was there. I put up a tweet about what he's been saying about how the First Nations uh, people are being affected by these um, these vaccines. He had a, a couple of amazing stories. Well, shockingly bad stories. Let's not call them amazing. But it's amazing to me that this is all being missed. And I do believe that the First Nations people need to begin speaking out about what has happened because they have torn up the rule book with respect to safety for all of us. All of that's gone. That didn't matter. All the rules are out. And instead, we have them constantly telling us how safe and effective these godforsaken shots are. And they're not. They're actually banned. Is it in... Uh, was it Denmark or somewhere? It's banned for anyone under the age of 50. Is uh, they, They've banned these shots. Okay, next, uh, vaccine RNA in breast milk. So they've been telling us that this was safe and effective for pregnant women and nursing mothers. What a pack of lies. Um, and uh, these were receiving the vaccines within six months after delivery. Now, the number is small. It was 11. Um, so this is about proof of principle, really. Um, but the number 11, okay, 11 individuals there. But this is what they found. Uh, Moderna RNA um, vaccine uh, five. Uh, f f so Moderna, five, uh, five people vaccinated. Pfizer, six people vaccinated. So it's, bo it's both the, both the uh, mRNA uh, vaccines. Uh, samples of expressed breast milk were collected before vaccinations to act as the control, which is good. And five day uh, for five days post uh, vaccination, so it makes makes perfect sense. So th th this is called uh, this is standard in research. It's called test retest. Use the same group as their own controls, just at different times. 131 samples of expressed breast milk were collected one to five hours after vaccine. Sorry, one hour to five days after vaccine uh, administration. All sounds uh, perfectly reasonable. Uh, the presence of COVID vaccine in an mRNA uh, in different milk fractions. So what they did was they looked at milk fractions. So, so they looked at like the, the more fluid component, the fatty component. And uh, they also found that a lot of the viruses in these things called extracellular uh, vesicles. So the, a vesicle is just a fluid filled compartment that we normally find in cells, but you get some in, in the breast milk. And that's where they found most of the, uh, most of the MR, uh, mRNA from the, uh, the vaccine. Uh, SAID using a two-step quantitative reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction. So, yeah, basically using the PCR test, which is, of course, completely fine. Now, the results. Uh, trace amounts of the uh, both both vaccines, mRNA vaccines, were detected in seven samples from five different participants. So seven samples from five individuals out of the 11. Um, so five out of 11 is... Um, what percentage is 5 of 11? I don't know. Work, work it out for yourself. 40%. Um, whatever percentage that is. Uh, at various times, up to 45 hours after post-vaccination. So, okay. Would have been nice to carry on for longer. Um, why not carry on for a week after vaccination or two weeks after vaccination? 
anyway that's 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 what they did um 45 hours post-vaccination uh, no vaccine rna was detected uh in uh pre-vaccination so the control group uh, of course uh, prior to vaccination no mrna was detected okay but i think we just ended that video before we got to the the really good part. <laughs> okay, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't very good to just send it before it gets to the good stuff. That's okay. I think we had the I had the wrong numbers or whatever. Um, so here's what Naomi Wolf is uh, reporting on all over the you know the interviews that she's been doing is that basically uh, it they said that the the vaccine would not be passing to the child and it actually is absolutely. And in fact, Naomi Wolf reporting uh, on children being found dead. And so this is problematic. Nothing they've said has been true. Um, and there was another uh, barrier. Was it the brain barrier that they said? Yeah, the blood brain, brain barrier that they said it wouldn't be passing, but it has shown to be doing that. And so uh, these studies are coming out. There is more and more and more exposure about the lack of safety to do with these vaccines, the harms that they are causing. And honestly, if I'm going to see Dr. Teresa Tams doing one more video on how it's safe and effective for six-month-olds and up, I just think that she needs to be um, arrested for lying crimes against humanity. And this is what they keep doing is making up stuff. CBC, CTV, global reporting ad nauseum because they're all blazing idiots. And even more than just being stupid, they're culpable in evil because at some level, you know, when we do all of these um, rallies and things like that, Inevitably, you'll see somebody from a mainstream news source there, and they're kind of sitting back and they're listening. They're listening to what? To stories, data, science, real doctors like Dr. Charles Hoff, Dr. Malthouse, telling the truth. They're ingesting it, and they're still going back and allowing their media companies, all of these broadcasters, to spew nothing but lies. Okay, so this is really weird. Do you guys all remember uh, the Barcelona Olympics of 1992? Okay, I, oh no. Oh, the Australia. Yeah, okay, let's do that one. Uh, a still image, Australia has a new program to overcome vaccine hesitancy. Uh, they are going to offer a free funeral gift card with your vaccine. <laughs> Hopefully. That helps. <laughs> they're actually, they're going to be paying for people who have had adverse uh, things happen to them from the vaccines. Some countries are now going so far as to say, you know what? We made your family member take the vaccine and they died and we're going to pay for your funeral. Thoughtful. All right, 1992, really weird. I got this video. So we wouldn't have even known what this was. If you, I don't remember watching the Barcelona Olympics opening ceremony. Do you? I don't remember it, but start playing this thing, JT. 
kind of in the side. Maybe I can talk over it. Would I be able to just kind of? I mentioned to you earlier, they'll perform these. This guy's talking in too. Public well, yeah, in front of lots up. and lots of eyes. Really Pay attention weird. here. This is the Barcelona 1992 Olympic Games opening ceremony. And we'll see this ship right here. And it's actually floating on a sea of cells. Now look at what they're bringing into this sea of cells. A look virus. Cells. It gets weirder too. Mankind or a ship of fools on this sea of selves. And there's the virus. But wait, it gets crazier. Mankind ready to fight in a battle. Take it large so we can see. Now take a look at this. Look at this killer cell right here. You'll get a better picture of it here in a moment, but it's made of dead humans. Now watch this. If you had any doubt that this wasn't a public ritual, and that everything took place right here in 1992 is taking place right now in 2021. Big black exactly the looks virus. like the stuff they're There's finding the in the veins. There's the black hydra. The dark matter hydra. Just like they've been showing us. they're injecting into people, millions of people all around the world with that black hydra, that black goo and these hydra creatures. There's the people, all dead people. Anywho, isn't that weird? We have seen strange things where it seems like you get a glimpse of something and nothing makes sense. I mean, this has happened in other opening ceremonies or whatever. Bizarro world. You know, as if they're, I mean, 1992. So, so what is that? That's like, you know, 20 years before the manifestation that we've clearly seen in in all of the you know the the interesting scientific um, pictures and what we've been able to see that the scientists are looking at and 20 years later oh, means so so many different things now so the WEF uh, cites compliance with COVID mandates to promote climate change lockdowns. So the World Economic Forum. So what's it going to look like to have uh, a compliance with COVID mandates to promote climate change lockdowns? You know, uh, I mean, this is kind of fascinating. So will we have where we can't travel because of the climate? Um, they'll lock down our bank accounts maybe because of climate. Well, we don't want you spending a lot of money and stuff. So we want to, uh, 
you know, withhold your access to your funds because we've got some big climate crisis. That's where it's all going. All right, Canada's uh, contract with WEF to partner for global ID development is right here. So I think, um, was it Leslyn Lewis? She did a vid she did a uh, tweet um, that was kind of showing the truth about how Canada is complying with the WEF and for partnering with Global ID development and all of this it's all in plain sight and signed by Omar Algahabra in our he's in our liberal party right and thanks Omar for just going ahead and doing whatever you crazy kids want to do when we don't want to do it oh the yellow part oh okay so this says Oh, it was uh, the budget for 2021 proposed 105.3 million over five years, starting in 2021 and 22, with 28.7 million in remaining amortization and 10.2 million per year ongoing to Transport Canada to collaborate with international partners to further advance the KTDI pilot project. Which, what exactly does that stand for? That's to do with the digital ID, but yeah. So they're all collaborating so that they're going to control us because it was so much fun to control us over the COVID that they're going to collaborate on how to make our lives uh, difficult as well moving forward um, for travel and whatever. So Epic Times, uh, Joshua Phillip, talking about the Chinese police stations opening in Canada and the U.S. Um, so I've gotten so much feedback and so much email on the video that we did about that uh, Chinese lady complaining because she believes that there are Chinese, you know, stations, appears like police stations being set up in Canada that are intimidating Chinese people. So, have a look at what this guy China says. China has opened police stations in U.S. and Canada, it's actually a lot more countries, to monitor Chinese citizens, according to a report. And it says, China has opened dozens of overseas police service stations around the globe to monitor its citizens living abroad, including one location in New York City and three in Toronto, it's in Canada. It says, quote, these operations askew official bilateral police and judicial cooperation and violate the international rule of law and may violate the territorial integrity in third countries involved in setting up a parallel policing mechanism using illegal methods, reads a report by Safeguard Defenders, a human rights watchdog. Now, briefly on that, the United States does not have an extradition treaty with China. The Chinese Communist Party has no right to be putting its officers and agents on U.S. soil and then using them for the purpose of enforcing Chinese law and Chinese policies on American soil. The fact this is being allowed to take place is utterly ridiculous and should be criminal, uh, not only on the people involved with this, but on the people who allow it. Now, this is also the exporting of human rights abuses, which I will get into later. And also, it ties into the nature of what is Chinese law. 
Now, keep in mind, when you're talking about the Chinese Communist Party, they can say this violates the law. We're enforcing Chinese law. Yeah, what's illegal in China? Well, being a democracy activist is being is illegal. Uh, supporting Christianity and holding holding the tenets of the belief outside of the state-approved version is illegal. If you are a Catholic and you recognize the Pope being above the Communist Party, that's illegal. If you practice Falun Gong, that's illegal. They can harvest your organs for it. If you're a Muslim Uyghur, that's illegal. Uh, there are many things that are illegal in China that are absolutely not illegal elsewhere, which is why we do not have an extradition treaty with the Chinese Communist Party. Hmm. So I think it's all very strange. And why would our governments be allowing this? Why would the Biden government and the Trudeau administration be allowing these people to do this just go down there with the RCMP or the police officer officers and tell them to pack up and that they they need to leave and shut down their little police stations or whatever tell them not to intimidate Canadians on Canadian soil and um, to stop it and to leave basically conducting this why is this allowed to be happening well I did get an um, email from somebody that says uh, Oh, China, there's a book, Oh, China, the Manchurian Candidate, is it? And that it has a lot of answers in that book. Um, and we need to get him on the show. We sold some of his books at our tours going across Canada. And by the way, we are going on another tour. We're going to southern Ontario and into Nova Scotia. Um, and that will be commencing, well, right after I'm in uh, Saskatchewan with Art Lucier. On October 26th to the 30th, Art Lucier is doing this big event in Prince Albert. If you're anywhere near there, I hope that you're going to plan to be there. Um, October 26th, opening night, um, me and Art are going to like do a little sharing. I've been invited. I'm pretty happy about that because I really love Art and all that he does. He's a real warrior for Canada. And uh, there's always thousands of people that show up when he calls a meeting. So it's going to be really exciting to be there. Um, Candace Owens, you all know her. She's one of my favorite ladies on this planet. She's one of the bravest women I know. And she's got a documentary coming out on Black Lives Matter. And I found even this trailer to be stunning. Have a look. Black Lives Matter released their 990 IRS filings. They collected $80 million. Where is that money? It's not here. Everything looks worse than it was. Where have you seen that money impacted throughout the city? <laughs> so my producer just sent me a link. It is just shocking to me because of how much money was raised to think that where he lived, the bills weren't being covered. Super frustrating, but that's a dead end, so. And here's where it gets really interesting. Ready for some BLM pride? Another 200K went to escorts, BDSM workers, strippers, peep show workers, phone sex operators, and webcam performers. And then at that moment, it became personal. And I thought, not only am I going to say the truth, <laughs> I am going to scream the truth louder than you can scream the lies. that's what it's come to that we have to scream the truth louder than they scream the lies because they get so convincing when they present themselves as you know the moral ones on on racism 
and you can only say black lives matter you can't say white lives matter and you're not a racist but you can't say white white lives matter i mean does any of that make sense at all not at all not at all and kanye west i loved his interview on uh, tucker carlson and he and Candace Owens showed up at a big event. I forget what it was, but they both wore T-shirts at the same time that said, White Lives Matter. And apparently it was like gasps from one end of the uh, place to the other. So that's pretty good. Um, Cinemix, this flavor additive. So I'm alarmed to... Um, I, I did write someone and said, is this actually true? So did you know many commercial uh, food brands add flavor enhancers that contain aborted fetal cells? Cenomix develops patented flavor enhancers made from HEK293. I remember this coming up recently when we were talking about the fetal cells that are in the... Um, so-called vaccines, which are just uh, injections. HEK stands for Human Embryotic Kidney Cells. See below for brands. Five products that add Seminex, also known as natural flavors. Uh, oh, no, for brands and products. I thought that was a five. No. So all of these, look at all of these. They're saying, so every time you purchase mass-produced processed food from the likes of Kraft, Pepsi-Cola, Nestle. You're choosing whether you realize it or not to feed your family not only genetically engineered poisons and chemical additives, but also various flavor agents manufactured using the tissues of aborted human babies. Um, I find this so disturbing. So apparently, there are great guys like, um, oh, he is on uh, Brighteon, is it Mike Adams? And he's done uh, full reports on this and says like, it's almost like it's like a ha-ha, like it's, it's satanic really. So if anyone can tell me that's not true, just let me know so I can correct the issue. Um, that's from Natural News. I trust that's a trusted source. So, uh, my website is lauralyn.tv. Oh, right, we have a funny. We do need to end on a funny of some, some Joe Biden clips for your Thanksgiving celebrations today. Um, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, my mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. I'm going to lose track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the hell are you? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I headed? I keep forgetting I'm president. Where am I?
Anyway. I'm... My mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the door? My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. <laughs> you know, you don't know what to say. Uh, I don't... Um, you know, when you get older, your mind kind of goes, right? Um, and you can't remember everything, and that's okay. We love our seniors, and uh, sometimes they struggle with this, sometimes they don't. But one thing that we all don't do to our family members is put them in a place where they can be mocked by the world. We don't want our precious loved ones uh, running the largest country in the free world, the most powerful country, if that's not China now. I don't know. Uh, but here he is being the president of this country, and he's every time he gets in front of people or opens his mouth, it's an embarrassment to everybody, including not knowing if people have passed away or not. Like, he's really not all there. I wonder what China's thinking about that. You know the people that are sending people over here to open police you know, precincts to monitor people in our own country. I wonder what, what, you know, Mr. What's his name? Xi? President Xi Jinping? He's looking and going, I think this might be our opportunity, guys. Wow. <clears throat> so Proverbs kind of talks about that. Um, thanks for your support. Uh, one of the reasons that we're able to do this and have a little bit of fun Kind of a long bit of fun on this Thanksgiving. Sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit long today. Uh, probably you tuned in, tuned out, went and had your uh, family dinner and then came back. I don't know. But um, one of the reasons we're able to do this is because of all of you. You support us to be able to bring you good information and to dissect what's going on and to also bring hope to the world. And so we do hope that you have hope today and for those Canadians watching happy Thanksgiving um, be thankful with a grateful heart because God has done so much he's been so gracious to us so very 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 kind I appreciate all of you and I'm thankful for you thank you for your donations small and large they are what help us to keep doing what we do and I appreciate it so it says in Proverbs 25, verse 2, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. Remove the dross from the silver, and a silversmith can produce a vessel. Remove wicked officials from the king's presence, and his throne will be established through righteousness. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say for you to come up here than for him to humiliate you before all your friends. What you have seen with your eyes do not bring hastily to court. For what will you do in the end if your neighbor, if your neighbor puts you to shame? If you take your neighbor to court, do not betray another's confidence. Or the one who hears it may shame you, and the charge against you will stand. Like apples of gold in settings of silver, 
is a ruling rightly given. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. Like a snow-cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the ones who sends him. He refreshes the spirit of his master. Like clouds and wind without rain is one who boasts of gifts never given. Through patience a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. If you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it and you will vomit. Too much turkey might not be good for you. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too, too much of you and they will hate you. <laughs> like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in time of trouble. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on a wound is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. Like a north wind that brings unexpected rain is a sly tongue which provokes a horrified look. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Oh, we better be nice. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Hmm. Wow. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Oh, no kidding. We can't understand them anyways. Like a city whose walls are broken through, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Well, we do our best to try to understand what little we can here at Laurel and Live, and the rest of it we leave to God. God is on the throne. He is with us. Remember to be kind and gracious to your family members, even when we all find points of disagreement. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he always shine his light on you this precious, precious Thanksgiving weekend. Have a good time, and we will definitely see you tomorrow. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.laurelin.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.